You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Friday edition. I hope everybody has a great weekend. We're going to end the week with a fantastic guest, Akash Anavarathan of Niners Nation, joining me momentarily to break down the latest around the 49ers, which is another report connecting Deshaun Watson and San Francisco. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code Locked On, you will get 20% off your next order. Akash has been with me multiple times now on Locked On 49ers. You can hear him Wednesdays on the Niners Nation podcast. You can read some of his stuff as well at NinersNation.com. And this offseason, Akash, it sounds like it's going to be all about quarterbacks. And I've even had some pushback with some listeners that are like, man, you're trying to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but there's a lot of smoke there, right? And it's it's hard to ignore. If you're doing a podcast about the 49ers, you can't ignore all of the checkings ins that the 49ers are doing about other quarterbacks, right? Yeah. First of all, I appreciate you for having me. I love talking 49ers football with you, and uh, it's always a good time when I'm able to hop on your podcast. Uh, Yeah, to answer your question. So, you know, every morning I get up, I'm like, I'm not going to talk about quarterback today. You know, (laughs) let's talk about something else. You know, there's a lot of things going on with this team. And then just something happens and like some rumor comes out or the 49ers are making a call on somebody and then you just suck right back into it. And it's just one of those things you just can't avoid talking about. And it's just constantly there. Uh, And it's going to be like this until they make uh, a decision. Right. Yeah. And dragging their feet on the decision doesn't help the speculation. And every day when I get mailbag questions on Twitter or emails, it's just all about quarterbacks, too. So even if you want to avoid it, it's just such a huge topic. You can't. And I got one today from a listener, Thad. And it's just this hugely long. I wish you could see how long this email is. I love you, Thad. (laughs) I'm not going to be able to read this whole email. Maybe I'll I'll figure out how I can put this um, into context for reading on a podcast at some point. But he's got the entire offseason worked out here. Uh, But most of it's about how to get Deshaun Watson. And I think one of the big keys about this whole thing when it comes to the 49ers and their quarterback, and it's I think you and I probably feel similarly about it, about Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think the 49ers do, too. But it's hard when you are the organization, you have to, even if it's a fake made for TV stance, you have to take a certain stance, even if you're working hard behind the scenes and they haven't done a good job of hiding that they are working behind the scenes. And it's not an anti Jimmy Garoppolo take to believe that maybe there's potential for an upgrade somewhere. And and I think it's very few options that make sense to me for an upgrade. One of those would be Deshaun Watson and the other is in the draft. That's not saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is not good and that you can't win with him, but doing your diligence and checking in on a superstar quarterback like Deshaun Watson is just something you have to do as an organization. Now, I start to get a little bit weird about it if you're talking about bringing in Carson Wentz and paying more for Wentz than you do already for Garoppolo. That makes a lot less sense to me. Yeah. So last offseason, you know, when Tom Brady reached out to the 49ers and the 49ers went through their whole you know, you know, uh, investigation process. It's how good Tom Brady really is and, and figured that whole situation out. It was really easy to convince the fan base and, uh, you know, convince the team that, Hey, this is like the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, he, he would like to join our team. So it's, it's really easy to sell it in that way. Whereas this off season now, when 
you know, you're making calls on Matt Stafford and you're making calls on Carson Wentz and uh, there are reports that you're really high on Sam Darnold and your name is just tied to every possible option. It's a lot harder to then sell to the fans or sell to Garoppolo or the team that, hey, you really do believe in this player. And we're just looking at all possible avenues. You know, I think good front offices have multiple plans. They look at every different possibility um, in trying to you know, improve their roster as a whole, not just the quarterback position. And so I don't blame them for it. It just gets really dicey with the quarterback position uh, when you start you know, talking to all these other guys about trades and whatnot. And, you know, your own players, their names are in rumors constantly. And, and other players like George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk and Reed Mostert, they're constantly asked about it. You know, it becomes this kind of uh, thing that's exhausting for the team. And eventually it feels like you just have to make a decision one way or the other. Uh, and it feels like that deadline is like free agency time um, yeah, when they really can figure out. Yeah, in March, mid-March. Um, because ultimately you have to figure out which way to go, right? Are you going to stick with Garoppolo or maybe draft a guy? Uh, or do you make a trade for one of these veterans? And I think that mid-March time is when uh, that decision is going to come home to roost. That's a really good point because by free agency, you need to have a plan there. And uh, if you're planning right. on drafting, say, a corner or an edge player with pick 12 in the draft, that's going to really change how you attack free agency and some of the free agents yep. you have and some outside free agents maybe that you're making calls on and uh by, by the same token if you don't plan on having that first round pick then you definitely have to fill some more needs before you get to right. the draft knowing that maybe that pick might be going somewhere else for a different quarterback uh so yeah there's a number of different things that the 49ers have to figure out and i would say mid-march is a, is a really good point to have that kind of stuff done and that's when we saw things really start happening with the 49ers last year in the deforest buckner trade and so um, maybe it'll be just as big, maybe even more of a, a shakeup this coming year. Uh, there's a number of subjects when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo I want to talk about a little bit, but there seems to be a little bit of nostalgia or sentimentality online right now about Jimmy Garoppolo. I think people are preparing themselves maybe for Jimmy to be gone. And I know you posted your favorite throw from Jimmy Garoppolo as a 49er, and that happens to be my favorite throw. Wait, did you post the one with... Uh, there's so there's been numerous people doing this and I'm thinking, okay, are people just mentally preparing themselves to, for Jimmy Garoppolo to no longer be around? Did you post the throw? And I think it was, it was maybe the first or second game that Emmanuel Sanders played with the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo threw that ball when Sanders hadn't made his break to the out yet. And then Sanders makes a break and boom, the ball's right there. Was that the throw that you posted yeah. as your favorite? Cause that's my favorite. Yeah, that was the throw. It was uh, Emmanuel Sanders first game. It was the Halloween game Thursday night in Arizona um and yeah jimmy garoppolo hits manuel sanders on that out route manuel sanders hasn't come out of his break you know he hasn't even made the turn and the ball's out of garoppolo's hands and sanders turns and it's like right in the bread basket and it was one of the few times or it's probably the first time i've seen garoppolo really throw a receiver open um typically he is hitting guys that usually are open or he's waiting for them to break open before he lets go of the ball and that was one of the first instances where he threw a receiver open and, you know, there, there was no like nostalgia or, or, you know, some foreshadowing of him not being here. Um, someone else had, had started the thread and they were going through it. And I, I have, you know, a bunch of just clips on my computer usually whenever I go through the all 22 every week. And so I was like, I, I really love this play. And, you know, over the past few months, I've just gotten this reputation that I like dislike Jimmy Garoppolo just because we talk about all these other options and, 
we talk about how they're upgrades. And so, you know, just trying to <laughs> change up the tune on how we talk about Garoppolo and, and showing what he's also capable of doing. No, that's totally fair. And it's definitely not an anti-Jimmy Garoppolo stance to be looking maybe at at somewhat of an upgrade potentially and part of it is that he's just not been on the field but I thought that was a statement throw too and, and I thought a lot of that had to do with having a veteran wide receiver in Emmanuel Sanders yeah. and I thought that was a pretty important move the 49ers made last year and that that brings me to another point about the 49ers and John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and how they have been a little bit in win now mode and I think the 2020 season might be a little slap in the face to them about okay you have to slow down a little bit with the win now stuff because then you start chasing your own tail. You start trading picks for D Ford and you start trading picks for Emmanuel Sanders and it worked and they got to the Super Bowl. But but now it's like, OK, you you trade away a defensive tackle. So you feel forced to draft a defensive tackle. And now you're worse at that position, even though you spent the resources of a first round pick on that instead of looking ahead and saying, OK, well, we're going to have needs at edge. We're going to have needs at cornerback. And now you come into this draft and it's like, OK, well, now we have to draft for need again. We have to draft a cornerback. We have to draft edge. And then, oh, yeah, now this quarterback thing is is maybe happening, too. And you start running out of resources again. I think the 49ers front office could do a better job of looking forward and building the roster on their own terms, kind of like how they started out, even though that first draft wasn't great for them in 2017, they had a plan and I think they veered off their plan earlier than expected because they started winning and the competitive nature of, of John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan sort of forced them into a place where they were like, look, we have to do this move to, to stay afloat and keep winning. And we have to do this to stay afloat and keep winning. And then all of a sudden you start using up resources. And now you're up against the salary cap and now you have fewer picks than you would like. And now you're still forced to again, draft for need because you have these big needs because you weren't looking ahead and making sure you were going to be good long-term at multiple positions. Oh, absolutely. And, and this is a multiple year problem that the 49ers front office has had. And, you know, it, it's been disguised because they made the Super Bowl last season but you know in 2017 when you whiff on your two first round picks and you take a player in Solomon Thomas and then a Reuben Foster and they don't pan out now all of a sudden the next off season you have to find ways to improve those positions so then you have to go sign Quan Alexander who's extremely expensive and then you have to find ways to you know trade for D Ford and give him a big contract uh, which you know we could argue if it worked or not but he hasn't been on the field as much um, and then you make a move where you go sign a Western Richburg and because of injuries now that hasn't panned out. And then on top of that, you restructure, you know, Richburg and, and Alexander and Ford. And, you know, you're doing all these sort of win now moves to try to clear, clear up salary cap space or, you know, add impact players. And eventually the bill comes. And right now it feels like this is the off season where that bill has come due and the 49ers are facing decisions in a ton of di- different directions. Uh, they've got a you know quarterback situation that they've got to deal with. They've got basically no you know cornerbacks on the roster. They've got a couple guys, but they haven't really played much. Um, their defensive line depth is kind of in question. Um, you know, with Nick Bosa returning from an ACL injury, D Ford, who knows what his status is. You know, the interior of the offensive line is a question mark. So all these different things that you would have thought you know going into like 2019 was figured out. Yeah, the, the bill is, has come due now. All right, I want to get into a little bit more about Jimmy G's value and break down some college quarterbacks coming up. I've been playing golf with a buddy, and 
I always stick a Built Bar in my golf bag because it's the perfect thing to power you through the back nine so you don't go into the clubhouse and order you know, something terrible for you, a chili dog or burger and fries or whatever. Then your hands or fingers are greasy when you're trying to play golf for the back nine. Quick and easy, have a Built Bar, roll into the 10th hole and get some protein that will power you through and a lot of times even play better, not weighed down by some huge meal. More room for an extra beverage too if, if that's how you play your back nine. But my friend, I have to take two Built Bars because my friend's like, hey, you got one of those Built Bars? Like scratching his neck. He's like, yeah, yeah, give me one of those Built Bars. I love those Built Bars. And I'm like, dude, you got to go. BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Get your own box of Built Bars 20% off because I'm not going to keep supplying you Built Bars every time we play golf because I want to hoard some for myself. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, even great for a keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next box of Built Bars. What need do you think is biggest for the 49ers? Is it quarterback? Is it upgrading that position? Is it finding the next quarterback if they stick with Jimmy Garoppolo in the draft? Is it uh, a, a cornerback with so many corners hitting free agency? Is it the edge pass rush? Because we know the 49ers have wanted to start with the defensive line and build a monster there and and have the entire sort of roster orbit around that defensive line. And now with D Ford looking like his the, the era is going to be over, whether he's just on the shelf or ends up getting cut or it's an injury settlement or whatever it is, uh, I would not be shocked at all if they use that number 12 pick on maybe, and they might have the opportunity to draft whatever edge player they want in the draft and have the first shot at it because there's no Bosa, there's no Chase Young type player in this class. Um, offensive line, I think, is a, is a big need for the 49ers. What do you think is the number one need for this team going forward into 2021 and beyond? Yeah, so I think there's three clear needs. Uh, let's start with corner. Um, you know, both just going into the offseason, right? Both free agency and draft. Uh, just like I, I just mentioned, I think they have only like two corners, uh, you know, on the roster right now. Uh, obviously, Richard Sherman's a free agent, Jason Barrett's a free agent, Kwan Williams a free agent, uh, Keller Witherspoon's a free agent, Emmanuel Mosley, I think he's a restricted free agent, Dante Johnson's a free agent. So they've got to figure out a way to bring some amount of these guys back. Uh, obviously, I think Richard Sherman isn't returning. Um, just because of his, his age and his decline and uh, you know, his, his physical ability. Uh, I think Kwan Williams is, is unlikely to return and, and Richard Sherman hinted at this a few weeks ago on Twitter where he basically said, you know, Kwan Williams from the Jersey area <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, would, would welcome a return to the jets or welcome, you know, uh, going to the jets, I should say. And so now you're looking at, okay, can we bring back Jason Verrett who I'd argue was, a, was their best corner last season? And can you add, can you keep a Mosley? Can you potentially bring back Witherspoon and convince him uh, of a starting role? Uh, and then you just have to figure out sort of your slot corner situation, right? So I, I'd start with corner as the, the biggest need just because you've got nobody there. Uh, then I would say edge is probably their next biggest need. Um, just because their pass rush was completely depleted last season. They were depending on guys like Kerry Hyder and Deion Jordan and Zionsa and and it felt like they were signing a new name every week to come in and, and rush the, the opposing quarterback. And they've got to lock that down uh, opposite to Nick Bosa. They've just got to find someone that is, you know, uh, effective and, and stays on the field. Uh, someone potentially that might be, you know, expensive, like a Leonard Floyd or uh, Hassan Reddick, uh, Carl Lawson, just one of those type guys that can come in and be a speed rusher. Then the last thing I would say center, 
uh, as you know, you you know this pretty well. Kyle Shanahan doesn't value guard play as much. He really values having a, a stalwart center and then good tackle play. And you know, ever since Weston Richburg went down, that position's just been in flux. Uh, I think Ben Garland has been good, but he's more of I still think as a rotational player. I would try to lock that down, whether you go the super expensive route and like a Corey Lindsley, or you bring in someone like an Austin Blythe or an Alex Mack who has some familiarity. Um, so those would be the three things that the 49ers absolutely have to address, uh, even though we talk about quarterback probably the most. The 49ers are signing Alex Mack, so center is done. I don't know if you know that yet, but uh, that that's happening. I'm looking into my crystal ball, and, and you can lock that one in. So... Um, uh, there's a number of things I want to get into here. I want to talk college quarterbacks and get your opinions on which one of those you like if the 49ers do go that route. And I still think the most likely scenario is that the 49ers stick with Jimmy Garoppolo, then go into the draft and see what happens at 12 or 44 or wherever else and, and get Jimmy a backup and someone that could push him and potentially become the starter. I think that's still the most likely scenario. But there have been whispers that the 49ers are in on Deshaun Watson. And of course, you're going to at least make a call or, you know, I mean, who knows? Maybe you, you get a sweetheart deal if something crazy happens and Deshaun Watson picks the 49ers and forces his way out and won't go anywhere else or something like that. But it sounds like uh, Deshaun Watson, actually, I have the audio. Let's play the audio here. This is from Jeremy Fowler on ESPN talking about his sources and where Deshaun Watson might like to go or where he's intrigued by going to. Well, Greeny, here's the latest. I checked in with a source who said Deshaun Watson has a list of teams that he's intrigued by. You know, he's not pigeonholing anything, but he's got a list. Uh, I didn't get all the teams, but I was told the Denver Broncos, San Francisco 49ers are two of them. I also asked the source about the Jets and the Dolphins because they have the most draft capital this year and the next few years. I was told the Jets, eh, probably not, maybe more so the Dolphins uh, as far as viability. But Watson knows, look, I, he has to wait this out. He's got the no trade clause in his contract. But it's all about the Texans continuing to tell teams, and they believe them, that they're not going to trade Deshaun Watson. I've talked to several execs who say they think GM Nick Casario is dug in here. So a lot of different uh, things that Fowler is saying there in the funky outro music from that was the Get Up program on ESPN. And that was their Twitter account that, that blasted that out. And what do you think? Deshaun Watson, San Francisco. First of all, do you think the 49ers could put up a package to get to get Deshaun Watson? What do you think that package would be? What would your offer be to the Houston Texans? And uh, similarly, if the 49ers bring in Deshaun Watson, they got to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. So what do you think Jimmy Garoppolo's value is on the open market, on the trade market? Yeah, so let's start with just Deshaun Watson, the player. And I feel like a lot of people, just because Houston, the Houston Texans went 4-12 and this season and didn't watch a lot of Deshaun Watson, he wasn't on prime, prime time a ton, I feel like they're underrating just what he did this season. I mean, he had 33 touchdowns, 7 picks. Uh, if you look at his advanced stats, he was in the top five for EPA per play, success rate, um, and CPOE completion percentage over expected. He was up there with you know the Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers. If this team was just any better, if they were kind of in the playoff hunt, he might have been in the MVP conversation to be honest. But just because their their team was so bad and their and their record was poor, he just you know wasn't in the conversation. So just Watson, the pure player, is. Like, you know, leaps and bounds uh, above Jimmy Garoppolo, just given his age, his mobility, and his arm talent, and all that kind of stuff, and just what he's done throughout his career. 
Then you come to, you know, what can the 49ers offer? And some of the other teams that Jeremy Fowler brings up, obviously, I don't think the 49ers can put up a package just of draft capital that will, you know, uh, be higher than what the Dolphins or the Jets can offer. And Ty Dunn, who used to write features for Bleacher Report, he also had a cool report today. And one of one of his points was, yeah, so San Francisco, if they were to acquire Watson, they would have to give up, you know, defensive starters. And so my thought immediately went to, okay, the Texans would probably want one of Fred Warner or Nick Bosa. And, you know, if I were the 49ers and, and you're going back and forth, personally, I would rather give up uh, Fred Warner rather than Nick Bosa, just given the fact that, you know, I personally think that pass rush is more valuable than, mm. you know, a middle linebacker. Nick Bosa is younger. Nick Bosa is under contract for the next three seasons, you know, under team control, at least Fred Warner's due for an extension. Um, and so, it, you know, my package, if, you know, I was running the 49ers would be Fred Warner and, you know, multiple first round picks, maybe, uh, you know, a 2022 first round pick and a 2023 first round pick. I would try to avoid giving this year's first round pick because, you know, it's in the teens and try to do something later. Um, where in theory, if you had Watson, you'd probably be drafting in the twenties, right? You'd hope. So that would, that would be my like sort of starting, uh, package. And maybe you have to sweeten the pot with some mid round picks, or maybe you toss in another player, another young player in there. But yeah, I, Bosa, Nick Bosa would probably be the last player that I would want to offer, um, just because of his age and what he brings to the team. But, you know, if the Texans, were forcing my hand and they said, you know, I had to put both on the table and, and the rest of the package makes sense, then I wouldn't hesitate. And I think you and I kind of agree there where for having a franchise quarterback um, far outweighs having just a franchise franchise pass rusher. And I think we agree there. Right. Watson is just more valuable than all those players, but I still think the 49ers right. could put together a package that is competitive. That doesn't include Kittle, Bosa, Warner, and the other thing about it is would a Bosa or a Warner, eventually those guys are going to be free agents. Actually, very soon they're going to be free agents, and those players aren't going to hang out and, and play for the Texans, even if they did get traded there, right? They're going to walk. So the thing that makes the most sense, I think, from the Texans' standpoint, if they do trade Watson, look, they're not going to win before 2023, even with Watson, because it's going to take a right. long time. They're not going to talk free agents into joining that program. So they need as many draft picks as they can. I think from 49ers perspective, it would make a lot more sense. And from even a Texans perspective, it would make a lot more sense to just throw another first round pick on that. And maybe you can add a player like that's further away. So someone like Javon Kinlaw to me, who is a first round guy, the 49ers can sit there and argue and say, look, is anybody argue, or anybody offering you four first-round picks? Because we'll give you three firsts and Javon Kinlaw, who's a first-round talent. And he's only one year into a rookie contract, so you can have him for a while. And I think those type of deals make a lot more sense for the Texans because what are they going to do with Abosa? It'll be the same as what it was with Deshaun Watson. They're going to lose a bunch of games, then he's going to be gone in free agency, right. and they're going to have nothing for it. So to me, just the, the most picks you can get, high-level picks, that is where you build something new. You build a new program and then you have people on board in the next couple of years and perceptions of your teams changing. And then you start winning games right. in 2022, 2023. So I don't think the, the Bosa thing, well, first of all, and if you're the 49ers, you're like, look, Bosa to us is worth three first round picks. So that's what yeah, I was going to say. I'll yeah, trade Bosa think, and that's it. If you want to do that right. for Watson, sure, but that's not going to make sense right. either. So they're going to say, look, yeah, okay, let's give, give me a bunch of first round picks. And, 
if you are, say, Miami, they might sit there and say, look, we already won 10 games. We don't want to disrupt everything we have going on here. We don't want to give up Xavier and Howard. We don't want to give up three right. first-round picks because we don't think we have to because one of them's pick number three. And Tua, we might think that's too much. So I think there is a scenario that would make sense for the 49ers. But as you mentioned, one of the big problems is all the teams mentioned, uh, the Broncos. The, the Panthers are mentioned a lot. And they're obviously in the market for a quarterback. Uh, the, the Jets and the Dolphins, those teams all pick in front of the 49ers too. So their first-rounders this year will be more valuable. Right, and that's where if you're the 49ers, or if you're the Texans, I should say, you want one of those 49ers like star defensive players because now immediately you've got kind of a franchise cornerstone to build around. Um, and, and to your earlier point, yeah, so if I'm offering a Nick Bosa or a Fred Warren in a hypothetical situation, those guys are worth like multiple first-round picks right. You know, in, in just a trade value sense. So now I can offer less picks and you know, uh, balance the equation out that way. I would just hesitate if I if I was Miami, just because you've built such a good roster. And honestly, you know, uh, maybe you give Tua Tagovailoa another year with a different offensive coordinator, or you have the number three pick. Maybe you draft a different quarterback. I think like that path for Miami just makes more sense. And then if you're the Jets, like why would Deshaun Watson want to go to the Jets? You know, I love Robert Sala, and I, I hope he has success in New York. But that roster is barren. And if they were to give up all the draft capital in order to acquire Watson, now how do they, you know, upgrade the team kind of around him? He would kind of be in a very similar situation uh, in Houston, you know, talent-wise. Uh, obviously, you know, front office, all that kind of stuff is, is way different in the culture, I should say. If I, if I was Deshaun Watson, I would be just trying to do anything I can to get to San Francisco. I think it just gives you the best chance to win, best culture, uh, best coach out of these teams that are in the mix. And that's what I would do. But, you know, flip side, San Francisco probably has the least to offer uh, the Texans. So that's where this whole thing gets complicated. And, uh, you know, to answer your original question about Jimmy Garoppolo, I think he, he I don't think he'd go to the Texans personally. I, I think the Texans would, are just trying to like bottom out. Mm-hmm. I think he would be a better fit in like Indianapolis or Washington because Martin Mayhew's now there uh, and they need a quarterback. I think one of those two teams. Uh, would probably be a better fit for Garoppolo. I think especially in Indy, you know, you're in a dome. Uh, they've got a great offensive line, good running game, good defense, um, very similar to, you know, the 2019 49ers, and uh, they just really need a quarterback. So I, I think one of those teams could make a move. I would say if you could get a day two pick for Garoppolo, that's a massive win. I would guess he lands like a day three pick, maybe something that's conditional. Uh, depending on how many games he plays and things like that, uh, would be uh, a fair trade. But yeah, I don't. I wouldn't expect anything more than a, a day two pick. More with Akash Anavarathan of Niners Nation next. The football season is over. There was endless amounts of fun and angles and ways to bet at Bet Online, but that continues into the off season. There's NFL futures. You can bet on next year's Super Bowl champion NCAA football champions nfl draft and of course the nhl and nba seasons are in full swing major league baseball coming back this spring it's nearly tourney time march madness just weeks away bet online even covers awards and uh, tv shows reality tv whatever you can find a line for it at bet online real-time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine 
Go to betonline.ag right now. Use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code locked on to get that 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I think you might be underestimating the value of Jimmy Garoppolo and quarterbacks out there just based on what we're seeing quarterbacks go for and the asking prices. There was the rumor about Derek Carr getting back two first round picks and that's the asking price for Carson Wentz. And, you know, we'll see if those teams get those things. I don't think they will, but I think the 49ers can get a day two pick for Jimmy G pretty easily. I think they can get a three, no problem. And they, they might even be able to get a second round pick in a team like Chicago or Patriots there's still not Chicago's enough good one. yeah there's still not enough quarterbacks to go around so um at some point I think a team will be willing to offer that if the 49ers needed it or maybe they'll need that team to be the third team as part of a big Watson trade but um it'll be fascinating however that turns out I do want to talk about college quarterbacks though while I have you here and before we we move off of this subject today and um I've I've still been struggling with even the idea of that. So the 49ers go into the draft and you still have Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you draft a quarterback in the first round if the right guy falls? And then how does that turn out? Because then Jimmy Garoppolo is sort of a lame duck quarterback and you don't gain the you don't gain the the salary cap space that you would have had by getting rid of Jimmy G. But you always obviously have the air and you're not going to keep Jimmy G around. So it's almost like uh, it's sort of a circular argument because every time I think that that's the way it could go, then I think, well, if you're going to draft a first-round quarterback, just play the first-round quarterback and gain the cap space for Jimmy Garoppolo because obviously you've made the decision to move off Jimmy G. And that's kind of one of the ideas I have right now when it comes to all these trades and stuff. Trade Jimmy first while there's a bunch of teams that are really thirsty for quarterbacks instead of trying to trade him later when everyone's kind of found their quarterbacks and maybe you only have one team left to deal with and they'll give you a low ball offer for Garoppolo be in charge of your own destiny if you've decided that you want to upgrade from Jimmy G trade him now and attack the draft attack the trade market and 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 fix your quarterback position how do you feel about that in the draft and which quarterback do you like in the draft for the 49ers at 12 or maybe moving up or even moving down or or the second round like what quarterback do you like yeah this is a complex game of musical chairs my opinion because if you were to say you know Jimmy Garoppolo's a start quarterback in 2021 and he plays all 16 games you'd feel pretty good about the 49ers chances just to get into the playoffs yes and make some noise i'm not sure what their ceiling is with garoppolo but they have a pretty high floor and so that's where it gets complicated because free agency in the nfl as we all know come first uh comes before the draft so jimmy garoppolo's salary you know around 26 million dollars a season which is high so the 49ers decide you know come march hey we're gonna try to, you know, draft a rookie quarterback. Um, how do you hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo at that point, right? Like if you were to release Jimmy Garoppolo in March uh, to get the salary cap space back to go ahead and spend in free agency, now you've kind of shown your hand to all the teams because they know you're going to go for a quarterback in draft. But now flip side, if you wait till the draft, you hold on to Garoppolo, you don't use that salary cap space and you make a move for a quarterback, now you've got Garoppolo on $26 million. You've got this rookie quarterback. And like, do you then start the rookie quarterback? And then Garoppolo's now on the bench and he's making like a huge salary. Uh, becomes really complicated at that point. And maybe if you wait till the draft to trade Garoppolo, maybe other teams have already figured out their quarterback situation. His like value is lower. Like it's just 
It's just this messy situation in terms of the timing. Um, or if you were to like restructure Garoppolo to lower his cap hit, then you can't release him this season uh, or, you know, even cut him next season. And even if you do, there'll be like a, a large dead cap. So it's this complex game of musical chairs here uh, when it comes to a rookie quarterback. So that's where the Sam Darnold thing from a few, you know, a few days ago really intrigued me. Cause if you're able to go get a player like Sam Darnold, who I think is only going to make like $5 million this season, then, okay, now you can still go get a rookie quarterback, but Darnold doesn't make that much money. So he, in theory, could be your cheap bridge quarterback while you have a rookie quarterback behind him. And if the rookie quarterback beats him out in camp, then you don't have a problem with a $5 million backup. It's okay. And maybe you don't think it was fifth-year option and you just let him walk uh, when free agency hits next season. So personally, I like that type of an option better where you have a cheaper bridge quarterback. And maybe you sacrifice winning in the short term. and um, But in the long run, you're better off for it. It's more of a, a long-term plan. Um, so, you know, getting back to rookie quarterbacks, my favorite is Justin Fields. Um, I feel like a lot of people are really overthinking him now, and I don't know why. And if you listen to a lot of draft analysts, Trevor Lawrence by, you know, uh, far and away is the number one quarterback on the board. And then two, three, four, a lot of people are thinking, you know, Zach Wilson – uh, versus Justin Fields, versus maybe Trey Lance. And and when I watch Justin Fields, I mean, his arm talent is just off the charts. Um, and combine that with just his mobility, his size at like 6'3", 230, um, and just what he did at Ohio State. I mean, his 2019 season, if you go back and watch, 41 touchdowns, three picks. Uh, he was super, super accurate in you know all levels uh, i was reading a piece from uh Derek clausen who um you know charts quarterbacks and he said uh fields was the most accurate passer he's ever uh charted since 2016 and um yeah just given those, those physical traits and combine that with his accuracy i think he could be a, a dynamic fit um you know in kyle shanahan's offense just his weakness probably when you watch him is uh, ohio state ran ton of guys down the field and ran a bunch of like option routes and and if you watch fields he tends to hold on to the ball a little bit longer than you'd like um but i suspect that won't be as big of an issue in kyle's offense just because a lot of that stuff is pre-snap and you have an idea of where the guys are going uh and where you want to take the ball before the snap usually so i think that's less of a problem and, and you know with nfl experience i think that'll uh go away but a lot of people just worry because he's an Ohio State quarterback and, you know, they just haven't had a good history uh, in the NFL. But Justin Fields is just special, and I, I would say he doesn't necessarily fit that mold of Ohio State guys. And if he were to drop past uh, two, which I feel like he is, um, I, I would try to go and make a move uh, to go get him because um, I think, you know, teams like Carolina and Denver would be – in the mix to go get a Justin Fields. Uh, and then Trey Lance is the other guy uh, who has elite physical traits, but yeah, I forget he's thrown less than like 150 passes in his career. And um, obviously an FCS school. So it's, it's a little concerning just what his NFL development is going to look like. Um, but I have read and heard that he's a really, really sharp um, football player and is someone that can develop. Um, you know, in year two and beyond. So 
I would ideally probably go the fields route and, you know, uh, if you're unable to trade up, then a, a Trey Lance at 12 where you're staying it is a very realistic possibility. I mean, if Trey Lance does make it to the 49ers at 12, I think that would be one of the most ideal situations. Or, of course, Fields. I just don't think Fields is going to get there. But it's yeah. sounding like Fields more and more will be available after pick two. And uh, we'll see how that evaluation goes for the New York Jets, who are selecting second overall, or if they end up trading for Deshaun Watson, it's the Houston Texans, which quarterback they like early in the draft. But pick four with the Atlanta Falcons, pick six with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think those are the two teams that you're calling, and those are the opportunities to trade up uh, for whichever quarterback the 49ers end up loving. And it's, it's pretty amazing. You talked about the touchdown-to-interception ratio for Justin Fields, and Trey Lance threw zero touchdowns to that his 28 true. or zero interceptions to his 28 right. touchdowns last year, which is unreal. The, the, these quarterbacks that are not turning the ball over. Um, and you mentioned the, the just the lack is just one year as a starter for Trey Lance, which is the big problem for him. Otherwise he might be the second quarterback for me after Trevor Lawrence in this draft, because his ability to run his ability to throw the type of offense he played in more was just put on his shoulders than someone like Justin Fields. So uh, I, I like them. I like them all. I mean, Zach Wilson, we haven't really talked about him. I like him as a prospect, too. If any of them fell to 12 for the 49ers, that would be the perfect scenario, I think, to pair with uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo if they or, or if they even moved on from Jimmy G. But if they move on from Jimmy G, they almost have to trade up, too. So that's the other thing. So I just end up feeling I feel like the 49ers are going to end up sitting on the fence a little bit. Everything's going to cost a little bit too much. They're going to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. and see if one of those guys yeah. falls to 12. And then when neither, when none of the four fall to 12, then they're going to end up draft, drafting, uh, I don't know, Kyle Trask in round two. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with that. And, and just looking, you know, further ahead, you know, the 2022 draft, draft class in terms of quarterbacks just isn't very good. Uh, I think, like, USC's Keaton Slovis is one of the big names. And, and just watching him compared to these draft prospects, oh, it just yeah. doesn't really do it for me. No. So if you were to find a true franchise quarterback, a guy you can build around, now you're drafting at 12, you know, realistically, you're probably not going to be drafting high, uh, this high anytime soon, hopefully. Uh, and you've got these three or four prospects that are just really rated high. I would just make a move for it, even if you were to bite the bullet and keep Jimmy Garoppolo for the next season. And, um, yeah, just build your future around that. You know, it's a quarterback-driven league. You and I know this. Uh, that's how you sustain success uh, long-term uh, is with a franchise quarterback. And then to be a perennial Super Bowl contender, it's a matter of how you can build a balanced team around that player. Um, but acquiring that player uh, should be the 49ers, you know, number one focus um, if they weren't to acquire Watson or, or someone like that. I will say it's really hard with future draft classes. Spencer Rattler's out there. I think Sam Howell from USC. Yeah. There, there might be some really good prospects, but at this time in those previous draft years, you know, a full year plus in front of a, a draft, we weren't talking about Patrick Mahomes as a top 10 quarterback, yeah. or we weren't talking about Goff and Wentz as top 10 quarterbacks. So a lot can change in a calendar year when it comes to prospecting. And hopefully, there is a, hopefully there is a full college football season. We'll see what happens there. But then uh, I talked about the circular arguments when it comes to quarterbacks. So you play all that out and you think, okay, so the 49ers trade up for a quarterback. And then now you're still paying Jimmy Garoppolo and you're giving up two first round picks for your quarterback. Why not trade for Deshaun Watson, if that's the case, if all it's going to cost you is <laughs> one more first and, you know, maybe one player 
and you're going to get some salary cap relief in 2021, you'll have a lot better team. So it just the argument just keeps going because there's so many options. And every time you, you yeah. go down one yeah. avenue, you realize, <laughs> well, you could still do this and you can do this. So to me, it all comes down to let's figure out Deshaun Watson first and see if he's off the table or if he's gone somewhere yeah. else and then figure out the rest. Because if you can land at Deshaun Watson, it's a franchise changer. And that is both a win now and a win in the future move. Yeah, I would say the Deshaun Watson deadline is like March, I, I would say. And so the 49ers, I would imagine, continue to call the Texans uh, for, the, for the next month and will, you know, try to gauge if the Texans are willing to trade Watson, A, and what is a realistic package that they can put together. Because uh, like, like I said earlier, once free agency hits and say the Texans continue to say no on Watson, eventually you have to pivot off of that and go to your plan B, C, D, whatever. Because uh, at that point, you still have a ton of free agents on your roster. Uh, you know, guys like Trent Williams, Jason Brett, and, and Kendrick Bourne, and on and on and on. So you have to figure out how to re-sign your own guys and, and you know, how can you upgrade the other spots because you just can't sit and wait for Watson and hope that happens. So I would say that's like the rough deadline. Um, Cause once it goes past that and the 49ers start to commit salary cap space elsewhere and um, you know, they, maybe they restructured Jimmy Grapple's contract or something like that. Then the Watson door is officially, officially closed. So um, yeah, if there's any movement on that front, I would imagine it's in like the next month. It is going to be a fascinating 2021 offseason. I've got you covered daily here on the Locked On 49ers podcast. You can find Akash at Akash Anav on Twitter, and you can find his work at Niners Nation, and we'll have to do it again. You know, I was thinking maybe doing a roundtable with a few different outlets, too, uh, when it gets closer to the draft and talk about some of those things. If you're if you're into doing something like that, Akash. Of course, always. You know where to hit me up, and uh, I'm always happy to join. I appreciate you having me. Thanks again to Akash Anavarathan. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be back Monday, breaking down everything going on with the 49ers. No doubt there will be more rumors. Still have one position group left. Linebackers to grade from 2020 and look ahead at 2021. I think that'll be a pretty easy position group to break down unless a superstar is traded away from the 49ers defense, which I still think is very unlikely. More guests covering everything going on with San Francisco all off season long right here, Locked On 49ers.